0: This is episode 35 of Shimmy Cast. I'm your host, Anala Rabari. Before we get started, um, I'd like to dedicate this show to Rima Shamha. Rima was an 18-year-old freshman at Virginia Tech. She had recently taken up belly dancing as a nod to her family's Lebanese roots, and she won her high school talent contest last year with belly dance. I know it's hard to make sense of tragedies like these, and I feel the best we can do is try to honor those who lost their lives and seek comfort in our loved ones. For me, I have found my belly dance classes all the more important since this tragedy because this dance heals me both physically and emotionally. I'm sure there are others of you who feel that same way. On behalf of the Cast staff, our hearts go out to the victims and their families of the Virginia Tech tragedy, and we hope that perhaps any of you listeners who might be struggling with these events will find comfort and healing and a bit of escapism in this episode. So for this episode of Shimmycast, we have another themed episode for you guys, and this week is all about Turkish style dance. For this week's episode, we have an article on the history of, um, a, a brief overview and the history of Turkish style dance, and two reviews, um, and we will, we have the usual event announcements and the question of the week. And the music for this week's show is from Solis and Tim Rayborn. So let's get started with answers to the question of the week. How did you get into belly dance? I got into belly dance when I was stationed in Korea. I had a lot of workout DVDs, but I had lost my way as far as my workout was going, so I decided to spice it up a bit. A friend of mine from my previous base had got the Nina and Vina videos and was having some fun with them, so I decided to order them and give it a try in my dorm room. This was maybe four years ago, and I'm hooked. I'm going to my first class this Saturday and I'm so excited about it. I love Shimmy Cast. Keep it up, Sherry. Well, I hope your first class went well, Sherry. What is your favorite prop and why? Grasshopper from Lunenburg, Massachusetts posted I am too new to belly dance to have used props myself. I enjoy watching a performance that includes balancing candles. I also enjoy performances that use veils. My favorite part of class is when we work with veils. My my six-year-old daughter enjoys when we practice together in our living room with hip scarves and veils. I especially love veil fabric. Some are light and sheer and delicate like fairy wings. Others are glittery and really catch the light when they move. I find it interesting how music combined with certain fabrics can create different moods. And to me, that is what veil work is all about, creating those different moods. So I wanna thank you, Grasshopper, for that answer. Do you dance barefoot or in shoes? Zephnis posted, I dance in shoes. I wear a dance shoe, usually referred to as an instructor shoe. Super flexible and offers a little support for my heel. I find it easier for me to dance in shoes. When I have them on, I am free to concentrate on my dance and movements and not on what I might step on. My troop does plenty of outside performances, so shoes can be very important in that situation because you never know what surface you will be dancing on. What is your favorite dance move and why? I think the hip drop has to be my favorite because I like the way my hips look and feel really rounded when I perform them. By the way, I just discovered this podcast two nights ago, and I'm hooked. Thank you so much for doing this, Sherry. Do you use a dance name, and why? Grasshopper from Lunenburg, Massachusetts, again posted, I've chosen a dance name even though I'm a beginner and have no plans to perform. The dance name is part spiritual and part costume for me. My dance name is Farfalla. DiBallo, which is Italian for dancing butterfly. I picked this name because I like the way it sounds and because I feel like a different person, a butterfly, when I put on my dance outfit. And that's a beautiful dance name and I hope I pronounced it close to accurate. I'm sorry, I have no idea about Italian at all. So I just pronounced it the best I could. Where do you buy supplies for costumes? Arabella in Vermont posted on the message board. Hi Anala, I didn't post this answer right away because I haven't actually purchased fabrics from Denver Fabrics online. However, I went to their physical store many times when I lived there and later visited the Denver area. I know it's a huge store with quality inventory. What I have done that I can highly recommend They provide, or at least they have in the past, the opportunity for you to get swatches for a penny. They send the swatches with no shipping or handling charge. I got four swatches for four cents a while back. I was able to tell from the swatches that I didn't want three of them. I'm still trying to convince myself that I want to spend the money for three or four yards of the silk chiffon that I do want. They have great selection, a wide range of prices, and even have a belly dance section that includes trims and patterns. They also have good descriptions of the fabric types. Check them out at www.denverfabrics.com And thank you so much, Arabella, for that good information. Because you guys know how desperate I am. Now that all the other fabric stores are closing, I have to get my fabric fixed. <laughs> and our last answer for this week, what kind of body art or adornment do you like? Jenny, known as Moon Girl, from the Fort Wayne area says, The question should be, what kind of body adornment don't I like? <laughs> That would be easier, because I like it all so much. The more, the better. I have yet to get some of the big, heavy, hoopy earrings with the stones or jewels on them, but I will get some. I love bendies, and anything that sparkles or glitters. Lots of makeup, lots of glitter, lots of jewelry. Also, I do henna. So naturally, I really like the look of a hennaed or tattooed belly dancer. Tribal is my favorite style. As long as jewelry or other body adornments don't get in the way or detract from the dancer, I think that body adornments in general are just fancy icing on an already beautiful cake. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been writing in to all those answers. And, To me, I think this is probably one of my favorite segments of the show because I love hearing what all of you think about the different aspects of the dance and what your favorite parts of the dance are, your favorite parts of costuming or props or movements or, you know, suggestions that you might have as far as, you know, should you wear shoes or shouldn't you wear shoes? And if you wear shoes, what type of shoes? And it's just really cool that we can all get together even though we live all over the earth and discuss these things this way. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been taking the time to answer. And the format is a little different for this week's show. Um, We wanted to start out with the article this show because we have two reviews that are on Turkish style um, dance, but we wanted to make sure that you guys knew some of the history and some of the elements of Turkish dance before we reviewed them. So we're going to go into the article this week, and it was written by one of our new staff members, Marrakesh. And actually, she wrote the article in both reviews that you're going to hear. Um, she really just worked her hiney off, let me tell you, because she's pretty much written the whole show this week. So she deserves mad props. <laughs> but anyway, the article, A Brief Look at Turkish Oriental Dance in America by Marrakesh. If asked to name the country most associated with what is commonly known in the U.S. as belly dance, most people would answer Egypt. While the Egyptian influence on this dance has indeed been substantial, the fact that other sources contributed to the development of belly dance in America tends to be overlooked. In particular, the Turkish influence on this dance in the mid-20th century was downplayed by subsequent generations and has only recently begun to draw interest again. This seems to be largely due to efforts by dancers such as Artemis Murat and Eva Cernik to actively promote the Turkish style through workshops, articles, and performances. Much of the information in this article is from Artemis's research. Dalia Corelli's unique fusion style, which incorporates Turkish dance movements, has also proven popular and a growing interest in the Roma gypsy people. Sparked in part by the American tribal movement, read the Tribal Bible, Chapter 7, Gypsy This and Gypsy That, for more on the tribal Rom connection. The American tribal movement has fueled a desire to learn authentic Turkish Rom dancing as opposed to, quote, gypsy fantasy Unquote, dances. The heyday of Turkish-style oriental dance in the U.S. occurred in the 1950s in large American cities, particularly in New York, where dancers and musicians who worked at the ethnic nightclubs hailed from many Middle Eastern countries, Arab countries such as Egypt, Lebanon, and Syria, but also non-Arab countries such as Turkey, Greece, and Armenia. Americans, who would become the next generation of dancers in the 1960s and 70s, learned from these foreign-born dancers, and therefore incorporated a variety of styles into what would become known as cabaret style. The Turkish style of dance, which is closely tied to the dances of the Turkish Rama, was on an equal footing with the Arabic style. Prominent Turkish dancers during that area, during that era, who performed in the U.S. included Nejla Atis, the petite, the petite pasty-wearing dancer on the cover of many 1950s belly dancing albums, who danced in a Broadway musical called Fanny, and Ozil Türkbas, who made TV appearances, wrote how-to books and produced Turkish music albums with names like How to Make Your Husband a Sultan. However, the Turkish influence in the US began to wane in the 1970s and 80s when American dancers decided to travel to the Middle East to learn authentic forms of Middle Eastern dance. These dancers concentrated on Egypt and nearby Arab countries and Turkey was largely ignored. Interest in Egyptian style dance likely stemmed in part from access to Egyptian films of the forties and fifties, which featured legendary dancers such as Taha, Korako, and Samia Gemil. Egypt during the seventies and eighties also provided the opportunity to see many top-quality cabaret or rock sharky performers in the five-star hotels, and dances of the country folk could be observed at weddings, saints' festivals, and the like and as the visiting american dancers wrote about their experiences for magazines such as arabesque and habibi the instructors of arabic heritage began opening studios and giving workshops in the u.s the interest in egyptian arabic style dances increased even more the trend at the time in turkey on the other hand was for scantily clad dancers performing in somewhat seedy venues And so Turkish dance acquired a bad reputation, even though there were, in fact, some noteworthy dancers in Turkey during that period. Over time, the Egyptian style became thought of, by some, as the only real style of Oriental dance. Although instructors who make this claim ignore the fact that Egyptian dancers have also borrowed from many sources, such as Hollywood movies and Russian ballet. But that's a topic for another time. In New York, however, the Turkish influence has never really gone away. In living in the New York metro area, I've been fortunate to have been exposed to this element of the dance, starting with my regular dance teacher, Asmara, who introduced me to the 9-8 karslama rhythm and to Turkish and Romani Turkish and Rami music, which, to me, has a very haunting and compelling feel to it, especially the slower pieces. But even the faster party songs, such as Rompi Rompi, still have a sense of mystery, perhaps because the rhythms are so different from what we are used to hearing in the West, although some Turkish songs do employ more familiar rhythms, such as a 2-4. Some of the musicians who perform in the New York City clubs are of Armenian heritage and perform Turkish-Armenian music, and it's a real treat to hear this music performed live. I've also been able to take workshops from such noted New York Turkish dance experts as Anheed Sofan and Dalia Kureli, as well as visiting instructors such as Eva Cernik and Artemis Murat. Artemis has dedicated herself to promoting Turkish style dance, and has written many articles on the subject, and recently released her first instructional DVD. In comparing Turkish to Egyptian style, she states that, quote, the Turkish style is less refined than its Egyptian sister. It is less elegant, but not less articulate. What it lacks in composure and predictability it makes up for with spontaneity and passion. Neither style is inferior to the other. End quote. Also, Turkish dance is more likely to feature floorwork, zil playing, and extensive veil work than the Egyptian. These would all be along the lines of what we would see in American cabaret style. Veil work, in fact, is really a Western development that made its way to the Middle East in the twentieth century. However, it didn't become as popular in Egypt as it did in Turkey. Floor work was formerly performed throughout the Middle East, but conservative leaders in Egypt were able to have it banned in that country in the 1950s, which has led to the perception that authentic Egyptian Oriental style should not include it. Turkish dance has long included zils, which is a Turkish word. The Arabic for finger symbols is zagat as well as a finger snap, which involves holding both hands together and snapping the top of one forefinger against the base of the other. The Turkish folkloric dancers also use wooden spoons for a castanet-like effect. There are several Zill patterns that can be used with the 9-8 rhythm. Examples can be found on Shira's online finger symbol workshop at www.shira.net. One thing you're not likely to find in any traditional Turkish-style presentation, be it instructional or performance DVDs or live performances, is skirt work. That is, wearing a very full skirt which is held in the hands and swirled or flicked during the dance. This is because, contrary to popular belief, skirt work as we see it performed in the West did not originate in Turkey. Nor have they imported it from the West, like they did with veil work. Many believe that these skirt dances are Romani. But Artemis notes in her article on skirt work that, quote, there are Romani dances where flourishing and swirling the skirt is a small part of what the women do. You can see this in some of the Romani dances of India, Russia, Spain, and Turkey. It is not a dance all by itself in these dance repertoires quote. she goes on to explain that quote, American dancers created the skirt dancing genre by fusing five things we elaborated on the vintage oriental use of the skirt flourishes we fused authentic Romani skirt flourishes into this we added non Middle Eastern stagecraft and we added our own creative input More specifically, the minimal skirt flicking found in the earlier ethnic nightclub dances in the U.S., employed mainly to accentuate hip movements and footwork, became embellished in the 1980s as dancers began to experiment. Artemis gives Dalia Corella the main credit for this new style. Her version fused some Latin dances, flamenco from Spain, Afro-Cuban, and Puerto Rican with Indian dances from India and some Turkish dance. She called it Duvani Gypsy Dance and later Duvani Roman Dance and referred to it as a fusion folkloric genre. The flamenco, the Indian, and the Turkish material were Romani. Dalia also adopted some Turkish Romani gestures that are not used with skirt and added the skirt to them. End quote. Artemis emphasizes that, although today's skirt work dances are not, quote, traditional, they are nonetheless a valid art form that dancers should feel free to pursue, as long as the dance is not misidentified as something it isn't. Ironically, even as a Turkish-style oriental dance is enjoying a resurgence in the U.S., it seems to be waning in Turkey, Due to the fact that dancers in Turkey have increasingly adopted Arabic music and dance styles. Hopefully, the renewed interest in Turkish dance in the U.S. will keep this dance form alive for future generations. For more information on both Turkish belly dance and skirt work, see articles by Artemis on her website at www.serpentine.org. Also, for a look at the History of Dance in Turkey, see the section, Turkey and the Ottoman Empire, Gypsies, Jews, and Foreigners, in the article, The World's Oldest Dance, by Carol Henderson Harding, at joyfuldancer.home.comcast.net slash home.htm. For information on floor work and the evolution of Oriental dance in the U.S., see the articles, floor work, and prologue ethics or ethnic at Morocco's website at www.cashpahadance.org. For information on Dalia Corelli and her Duvani and El Mundo dance styles, visit daliacorelli.com. And all of these references will be on the forum board for you guys to find later. So this week's first song is Kashlama from Rhythm of the Dance by Solace. For the show is on Turkish Style Belly Dance with Elizabeth Artemis Morat, which is an instructional DVD and it is reviewed by Marrakesh. Artemis's long awaited instructional DVD, Turkish Style Belly Dance with Elizabeth Artemis Morat, serves as an introduction to Turkish dance. Since this is a topic that would take several videos to explore, This production focuses only on the basics, so floor work, veil work, and zills, elements considered key to the Turkish style, are not addressed here. Still, there is plenty of information given in this 118 minute long DVD produced by the International Academy of Middle Eastern Dance, and those who are completely unfamiliar with the Turkish style will be given a thorough introduction to the form. Artemis begins the DVD by giving a brief history of Turkish dance and showing demonstrations of the Turkish style as compared to the Egyptian. Artemis then discusses the the 9-8 rhythm used in many Turkish songs and shows how to count it out. This can be done either in the Romani style with the accents on the 1, 3, 5, 7, and 8, or the cabaret style count of one three five seven eight nine although Artemis pretty much uses the former count and her subsequent instruction. Next she presents a basic vocabulary of movements used in Turkish dance, isolations such as head slides, shoulder movements, hip circles and pelvic movements with a thorough breakdown of the belly roll. There's a basic half turn with an extra move to fill out the extra beat of the nine eight and a simple barrel turn. Next are several basic traveling steps, including, including the car which she refers to as basic step, and a traveling side undulation. Where applicable, each move is demonstrated to both slow and fast music, and shown from the front, sides, and back. Artemis then demonstrates several Romani hand gestures to use as part of the dance. These involve punching and cutting movements with the hands on or across the body. Finally, Artemis presents several combinations using some of the above movements to both slow and fast music. With the possible exception of the belly roll, the individual moves demonstrated are not overly difficult, and more advanced dancers and those who already have some Turkish dance experience may find the pace of the instruction a bit slow. Artemis has indicated that she plans additional DVDs with more advanced instruction in the future. In the meantime, Turkish-style belly dance provides a comprehensive introduction and enough material for a dancer to create a Turkish-style choreography. and now your shimmy cast news april 24th through may 31st the belly dance superstars will be having various performances and workshops in monaco california france switzerland oregon washington and austria april 22nd belly dance course in baja california mexico april 25th skills workshop unraveling arabic music rhythm and musicality at Shahana's Studio in Glen Ellen, Illinois. April 27th through the 29th Spirit of the Tribe 7 in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. April 27th through the 29th Solus will be performing in Melbourne, Australia. April 29th Dalina Workshop in San Francisco. April 28th Ahlam Dance Theater Performance at the Tunisian-German Friendship Day in Essen, Germany. April 29th, Bollywood Workshop in Lindborg, Netherlands. April 29th through May 5th, Artemis will be teaching and performing in Japan. May 2nd, Ballet for Belly Dancers, Moving with Grace in Glen Ellyn, Illinois. May 2nd through 6th, Rakasha's Spring Caravan with Suhailia Salampur, Keshi, Heather Stance, Dahlia Corella, and Ariana Hallam Alta in Somerset, New Jersey, May third through 6th, Second annual Jamaica Rocks Belly Dancing in Paradise workshops and shows in a tropical resort setting, featuring Azia Bahia and Cheryl Bushy. Negril Treehouse Resort in Negril, Jamaica. May 4th through 7th. 18th, Sydney Middle Eastern Dance Festival in Sydney, Australia. May 9th. Turns and Traveling, Making Use of the Stage in Glen Ellen, Illinois. May 11th through 12th. Kira's Oasis presents Kanchi in Workshop and Show in Centerville, Ohio. May 11th through 13th. The twenty-third annual Shimmy by the Sea, Corpus Christi, Texas, May twelfth through thirteenth. Kashmira Dance Company presents Whole Lot of Tribal, paired with Carolina Nurekio and Mega Gavin, in Salt Lake City, Utah. May sixteenth, Super Stretch Strength techniques for increasing flexibility in Glen Ellen, Illinois. May sixteenth through twentieth. Tribal Fest 7, the 7-year seven Twitch and Bitch, featuring 38 classes over 5 days, show for 3 days, Sebastol, San Francisco, North Bay, California. May 18th, the 14th Annual Orientala Festival, celebrating Men Who Dance in Miami Beach, Florida. May 18th through 19th, Solus will be performing in Dublin, Ireland. May 18th through the 20th, Balindi Productions presents Frederic David at Festival on the Nile in a two-day workshop and show in Orlando, Florida. May 18th through 20th, Little Egypt presents Fifi Abido in workshops and show in Dallas, Texas. May 19th, Zava Serpentinia will be teaching a workshop on American Tribal Style Dance in Buffalo, Missouri. This workshop will also cover skirt work, so be sure to take a skirt that will come up to waist level. May 19th through the 20th, Dame Fest Dance and Music Expo in Bellevue, Washington at Crossroads. They are looking for volunteers to help with this event. May 19th through 20th, East Coast Belly Dance Classic, Virginia Beach, Virginia. May 23rd, Intermediate to Advanced Veil Work in Glen Ellen, Illinois. May 25th through the 27th, Solis will be performing in Northumberland, Scotland. May 26th through the 27th, Kijara Jomana I'm sorry I butchered her name, in Weekend Workshop in Las Vegas, Nevada. This has been the Shimmy Cast news for this week, and as always, you can find more information about all of these events on our forum board. <music> Emails and feedback. Zephnis posted on the board. I just wanted to say thank you so much for providing this podcast. I simply love it. I think I discovered it back when you were on episode two, and I've looked forward to it every week since. I know you put a lot of work into this, and I truly appreciate it. Keep it up. And Jenny in the Fort Wayne area says, Thanks for the tribal show. It was very interesting and went along with the email I received this morning from Paulette with Gypsy Caravan. Her newsletter is free, and it's very informative. It's called Gypsy Trails. In her newsletter, she touches on this with the statement, quote, At a belly dance convention earlier this year, I was having a conversation with a dancer and teacher of folk dance styles about tribal style belly dance, and she mentioned she thought tribal was all about dancing your pain. She had obviously only seen the darker side of tribal, including fusion and goth. Too often I have heard that tribal dancers never smile and always wear black. What? I cringe when I hear this. And I proceeded to explain to her what Gypsy Caravan Dance Company is all about. End quote. And she goes on to explain her view on things. This is a great newsletter. If you don't already subscribe, you should check it out. Love your show. Always have. Take care. And then we had a review left on iTunes from Lady Disciple. Thank you. I really like this podcast. I just found it, so I've been listening to it on the car on the way to work all week. It's nice to get a little taste of the belly dancing community and get a feel for what I will be able to participate in when I get back to the States. Arabella posted on the board Mega thanks for the snake arms lesson, Anala. I especially liked the hint with using the veil to be sure your arms aren't too far forward and the wall to make sure you're not too far back. Neato. I know that must have been lots of work to get that few minutes together. Excellent job. Thank you. Thank you. And Kahara Mia emailed me, thanks for the new ShimmyCast video move of the week. I think that's a great idea. And Shan left a comment on the forum board. Awesome. For somebody who is maybe a little uncomfortable about being videoed, you sure don't show it. I really like this new segment. Well, I'm really glad you guys are liking the new segment. And again, that is all thanks to Alexis Sama. She came up with the idea. Um, it may take us a while for us to actually get this up and running as a regular segment. Uh, because it's a little more involved with the video element of it and getting the audio to sync up correctly with the video and then, you know, we're trying to work on getting better video quality for you. Um, But we have to start somewhere. And in the meantime, if there is a move that you would like us to cover, feel free to post that on the message board or send us an email and just be like, you know what, I would love to hear... You guys, it, you know, I'm struggling with Maya's or whatever, and my teacher has explained it to me until she's blue in the face, and she's an excellent teacher, but I just don't get it the way she explains it, so can you try to explain it to me? We'll be glad to try to do that. And drum roll, please. Yeah, that was really crappy. Sorry. Um, We have our first message left on the audio line. So I'm going to play that for you guys now.
1: Hi, Anala. This this is Lilith in Salt Lake City. Um, I totally keep screwing up, so this is going to be like 20 for me. Um, I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate what you do on the podcast. I know it's a lot of work to keep it up week after week and you do an excellent job I look forward to it every week um, and thank you also for the shimmy cast forums what a great resource you've put together there and thank you so much for commiserating on my lack of a tribal teacher out here in Salt Lake um, keep up the good work thank you so much again and
0: I look forward to hearing you next week Thank you so much for that message. I don't know if you guys could tell, um, but she was actually like wearing her hip scarf and stuff, so it was like little jingling in the background and everything, and I loved it because it just added atmosphere to it. So if anybody else has any comments, suggestions, or feedback, email us shimmycast at gmail dot com. Post on the forum board, um, which you can get through to. Get to through the blog, shimmycast.blogspot.com. While you're at the blog, feel free to just click on the little audio button and use the microphone in your computer to record a message. Uh, feel free to vote for us on Podcast Alley, Podcast Pickle, leave reviews on iTunes. All of these things, if you do them, they really help the show get noticed more. And Because believe it or not, there are dancers out there who still don't know about the show. So if you're enjoying the show, go vote and leave reviews and tell a friend. And don't forget to sign up on the Frapper Map either. So this week's second review is of Sarah Skinner's I Love Turkish Belly Dance DVD and is reviewed by Marrakesh. Sarah Skinner is a New York City-based dancer and photographer who has studied with a number of New York's leading dancers. The release of her DVD, I Love Turkish Belly Dance, produced by World Dance New York, earlier this year prompted some complaints on the belly dance message board, buzz.com, that she was teaching a non-Turkish style and calling it Turkish. To be fair, she does incorporate some Turkish style moves into the two choreographies taught on this 80 minute long DVD, and she does seem to have the feel of the Turkish style, but the two choreographies are based primarily on skirt work and should properly be identified as Turkish inspired or fusion rather than Turkish. However, if you are looking for instruction in skirt work, this is an attractively priced option to consider, available for around $11 on Amazon, for instance. Sarah teaches choreography to two popular Turkish songs that should be easy for a dancer to find on CD or to have a band played, Rompi Rompi and Mashtaka. Each begins with Sarah performing the routine in full costume. In the step-by-step option, Sarah then breaks down the movements in the routine without music. The step-by-step and practice with music option repeats Sarah's instructions from the earlier option, but interrupts periodically with the corresponding section of her performing the moves to music. A basic knowledge of belly dance is assumed, and the individual movements are not broken down in as much detail as in the I-A-M-E-D DVDs that I have seen. However, the movements taught are not overly difficult. During the instruction, Sarah wears a circle skirt with the front panel removed so that her legs are visible, and her image is superimposed onto a plain white background for easy visibility. One One can occasionally hear city traffic faintly in the distance. This DVD is suitable for those looking for a ready-made skirt work choreography as well as those, like myself, who like to take a few moves and incorporate them into their own routines. One minor drawback is that there are no chapters for each individual move, so if you want to work on a specific, on a few specific moves that caught your attention, you'll have to search through the instructional sections in order to find them again. Also included on this DVD is an approximately 20-minute long mini costume workshop where Sarah displays various costume items that she made or bought and discusses them in terms such as flexibility and durability of the materials and appropriateness for certain types of dance. She offers a few helpful hints as far as material selection, alteration, etc. The The DVD ends with three performances by Sarah a lovely solo veil piece, a shift to telly, and a drum solo to live drumming. So again, if you want to learn authentic Turkish style belly dance, I Love Turkish Belly Dance is not the best choice, but if you're looking for instruction on skirt work, this DVD gives you a lot for your money. enjoyed this week's show on Turkish style dance and now it is time for the question of the week and that question is how do you break down music when you are trying to choreograph Uh, we've been talking about this a lot my advanced students and I um, some of them are getting to the point where they want to choreograph solos and everything and I'm very excited for them Um, Some of them don't come from a music background though so they're struggling with the concept of breaking down a song into counts like you know five six seven eight you know that kind of thing and so I'm trying to brainstorm other ways to explain to them how they might be able to break down a piece of music in order to choreograph. Um, to it so if you guys have any suggestions and i would love to hear how you all break down music if you all just understand how to count out music um and figure out like a some kind of count to a rhythm or if you have some other trick that you do that helps you choreograph that's what we're going to be discussing next week or in two weeks so to answer, you need to send an email to shimmycast.gmail.com or go to the forum board, shimmycast.blogspot.com, and, you know, always feel free to listen to or to answer older questions. Finally, it's time for the second music pick of the week. This is Al-Ivlan Saz, Turkish, from Padim by Tim Rayborn. I hope you all enjoy, and until next time, this is Anala Rabari saying, Shimmy on! <laughs> At shimmycast at gmail.com and be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com remember the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew thanks again